All right, so this is Sunday night with David and Lisa. We're just going to hang out. I've got a glass of water here. We're at our kitchen table. We're all on the same mic. Say hi, Lisa. Hello, Lisa. <laughs> all right. Good night, Gracie. Yeah, good night, Gracie. No one's going to know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> That's before my time, but I still know what it means. So, um, yeah, so we can wait a little while to see if anybody joins. It's a little late. We're on the West Coast, so it's pretty late if you're on the East Coast or in other time zones. But um, it's even kind of late here, I guess, for, for this. We'll see how it goes. We're waiting for people to come on. Yeah. So we can say whatever we want. Until well, we it'll be recorded forever. <laughs> so maybe you don't want to say whatever you want. What? <laughs> I don't know if we can uh, we can play music, I guess, for a little while and see if um, anybody joins. We could talk a little bit about that podcast we just listened to, I guess. Yeah. She had terrible lawyers. How come everybody has terrible lawyers? Yeah, well, I guess that's one of the reasons they're in jail. Because <laughs> they have terrible lawyers, but... Yeah, it's interesting. I, I kind of want to reach out to that guy and talk a little bit about, um, um, you know, just kind of like how his podcast is going and how how he's doing it and stuff. Yeah, I would, for sure. Because, and I also want to share with him like my experience even trying to find that podcast. It's all right. I should turn that off, though. Yeah, trying to find that podcast was interesting Like, because I, I couldn't remember what it was called, and it didn't come up for any of the things that you'd think it would come up for. Right. We did try a while to look for it. How long did it take people to come on last time? Oh. They were on right away last time, so I'm kind of surprised this time. But but it's it's much later in the evening, so probably not that many people up this late. We got to get get on the East Coast time schedule. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were always about this time. No, we were more like I don't know. We were closer to six p.m. our time. It's almost nine. But yeah, I'm surprised there's nobody. So I guess there aren't that many people on tonight. Yeah. How long do you give it? I don't know. How long do you want to give it? Five minutes? Ten minutes? See what happens. I don't know what happens if you... Uh, I know that you're not allowed to just play music, but if we... Uh, I don't know. Are they going in the background? Is that all right? I don't know. I, they have a lot of rules on this system. I don't understand all the rules. Well, I guess we can start talking about our stuff and see if people come in anyway. Okay, so let's talk about this real quick. All right. So, um, you know, we all started during the lockdown. We all started the um, COVID cocktails. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and that was like one of those uh, habits. That even when we started leaving the house again, it seems like the cocktail habit continued. <laughs> so... I was reading what the U.S. guidelines are for how much, how much alcohol, too much alcohol. Yeah. So, um, we always everybody agrees binge drinking is dangerous. Okay, but what's binge drinking? That's a whole other question. Well, when I was looking it up, they told me that it was like three drinks is binge drinking. Three drinks a day. Three drinks, like, yeah, in a period, yeah. 
in AA period. It's, it's like if you start drinking. A period, no, I mean that evening or whatever. When oh. you start drinking, if you do three drinks, that that's equivalent. That's considered finished drinking when I was looking it up. I don't know if that's the universal definition, but that's what I saw. Well, this says that um, one drink a day for women and two drinks a day for men is considered excessive. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's something like eight drinks a week is considered excessive. But I mean, if you drink once a week and you have three drinks, that's still technically binge drinking, but you still didn't do your eight drinks or whatever, right? So it, it is, there's a lot of different, there's a little flux, fluctuation in there. It's one of those, like, are you concerned about how many drinks you're having? Then maybe that's you're having a, too that's many. A whole, that's, that's completely <laughs> yeah. That's, that's something completely different. But um, what if my, what if my drinks consist of uh, fresh juices? Isn't that healthy? <laughs> fresh juices plus two ounces of alcohol each <laughs> yeah i don't know i guess that's better than just the alcohol i don't know though i mean you know there's obviously more calories if you throw all those juices and stuff in there but at least you're yeah. getting the juices you get more liquid well alcohol is a, a, a diuretic basically it fries you out you right need more uh you need more uh hydrants hydrants that a word need more, more hydration, hydration of some sort yes. yeah but that's what i remember something like three drinks in like, like if you go out or you have three drinks at home three drinks is equivalent to binge drinking yeah but like you say you're still not supposed to have more than you know, like i say eight or something a week so one a day is still kind of more than you should do so it's still kind of like what's what's this balance what what are you comfortable with i don't know it's confusing. It's the same thing that we uh, always talk to you about dieting when they say, oh, one of those, if you, you can have that occasionally. Right. What does occasionally mean? Occasionally could be one, uh, several times a day. I just occasionally during the day, I grab a chocolate. <laughs> occasionally, I, yeah. Occasionally, I have a piece of pie. <laughs> yeah. I know. I mean, occasionally, I mean, that's why I just, uh, it makes me crazy when they try to, um, it, Actually, sometimes I wish they would give me the numbers. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've kind of created numbers for myself, you know, of how many times a year I can have ch fried chicken, like twice. <laughs> but then it comes up and you're like, well, I'm not going to pass it, uh, pass it up. I'll just try it. I'm just going to try it. <laughs> just have a little bit. So if we say we're just trying it, then that doesn't count. We have to just try it. Yeah. Got to try it. Yeah. No, but it is true. It's like, you know, occasionally. Yeah. What does that even mean? Yeah, and if you're drinking, and they say those low alcohol wines and stuff are really not that great anyway. Low alcohol wines? Wait, I haven't oh, even yeah, heard of this. Heard those? No, I have not heard of this. Oh, they're they're, they're trying to push this. Low you mean alcohol. they're not good for you, or they just don't taste good, or both, or what? Uh, no, the the taste is terrible. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So did you have anything come up this week? You know, this was, you know, there wasn't that much exciting this week. I've been trying to sort of balance what people are saying kind of on the left wing side and what people are kind of saying, or maybe I shouldn't even say left wing, but like in just kind of traditional media and then what people are saying in the more extremist media. And, um, you know, it's like, it wasn't that much exciting on the, on the left. People are talking about, you know, this, uh, this, um, thing with, uh, uh, that this, the judge released some of the stuff in that Georgia case mm -hmm. and it's being spun both ways. So on the one hand, it's like, there's no, you know, they're not, it doesn't sound like there's any proposal to arrest any major 
um, crimes related to election stuff. At least that's not coming out of the grand jury. And there's in it, but there's a, a you know, uh, they say somebody, we don't know who perjured themselves, maybe more than one witness. We don't know who those witnesses are. So <laughs> well, you can, I can tell you who they are. <laughs> but you could spin it either way, right? You could spin that as a, hey, you know, so-and-so lied on stand and, you know, we, we don't consider, a lot of us don't consider perjury that big of a crime, but it, it is a big crime. What it, do you mean? It, it can be a big crime. And it's often not prosecuted though. So it'd be curious to see if anything happens with that. So you can spin it that way that, yeah, somebody committed perjury. So they lied. It also came out with, uh, you know, their conclusion that there was no evidence of any tampering or whatever. There was nothing that would impact the election. So th those were the two main conclusions that came out of it. And like I said, you could spin that either way. You could spin that to say, see, we told you there was no interfering in the election and a and there was also no fraud b so it's kind of like you could spin that from either side and for the most part you're only seeing you're not seeing that much talked about it on the right side anyway you're not seeing much mentioned about it at all and on the left they're kind of trying to spool it up that it's a big deal that somebody perjured themselves and maybe it is maybe not we'll see what they perjured themselves about if there's ever any charges brought there may never be any charges brought so I'm okay. sure a lot of people on the left are let down that there isn't a direct, you know, recommendation that big, some big name people get charged with something. Okay, well, back, let's back up. Perjury is always a big deal. You don't think perjury is a big deal? Well, it's often not even prosecuted. That's not what I'm asking. It, it theoretically should be a big deal. That's it, not what I'm for you and me, it would be a big deal. We would no, go to jail. But do you think it's a big deal? Do you? Yeah, I mean, it, I guess, yeah, it kind of. I guess it depends on how a big of a thing you're lying no, about a little no, bit. No, no. I mean, if you made a mistake if about, I drove lie, my car in at 1015 compared to 1030 and I made a. That's not perjury. Well, that, well, is it though? I mean, that's the problem. Is it? Perjury is when you knowingly lie. Okay. What do you mean? Okay. Yeah. So then, yeah, obviously that's a pretty big deal. What's perjury to you? Yeah. I mean, I think you get caught in a lie on the stand, right? But you have to knowingly lie. Oh, okay. So it's not, I thought you could also get it if you just kind of misrecollected mis and said the wrong thing, but I don't know. But again, technically it might knowingly be. Knowingly lying on the, when you're under oath, <laughs> knowingly lying when you're under oath, do you think that's a big deal? Yeah, it's kind of a big deal because the whole point is because if you're under oath. Because we were about to have like a major. <laughs> but my point is in law, it's not the big, in, in, the, in history, it's not a big deal. Like it seems like they brush this off a lot. It often isn't prosecuted. Only when it's in the higher ups. Exactly. Especially when it's somebody rich who can afford good lawyers. They right. tend to not prosecute it. So, you know, you and I, yeah, we're going to jail if we do it. But regular people, they might get away with it or never even get prosecuted. I mean, I should say the rich people and the people that can afford good lawyers. Or if they have a brand name and people are afraid to make a scene. So we'll see if anything even happens with that. But that's being spun a little bit both ways. So that was in the news this week. Um, more talk about the China balloon stuff as well as other balloons. Again, okay, so we've kind of covered that, so I feel like there's nothing new to say of, there. I kind of missed it. So, are they trying? What were the other things they shot down? Were they actually, uh, I'm using air quotes, spy balloons, or was it actually. Right now, they think they were like commercial things, probably. Commercial? Yeah, like who knows what. I don't even know what that means for sure, but they don't think they were like foreign spy balloons. They probably were just some commercial entity doing something. I don't know what. Well, that commercial entity better stop them. Well, and it's one of these, you know, I, I think the other ones were mostly shot down because they were potentially in commercial airspace. Uh -huh. It wasn't so much they were worried about them being spy balloons. So but. Uh, when they were saying it was a balloon enthusiast group. <laughs> yeah, I don't know much about That's, I don't know what that those means. Those are my words, <laughs> by the way. No one ever said. 
a balloon balloonist enthusiast group, but uh, you know, I heard it was some sort of uh, could have been some sort of hobbyist group. Is that a? Did I didn't that? see that being. I didn't see that being presented as the possibility, but but I don't know. The, the biggest thing is they're sort of like saying, hey. You know, maybe we went too far with this thing and now we're just shooting down everything. Maybe we need to roll it back a little bit because maybe these things just weren't, a lot of them weren't that dangerous, these these other little ones after the, the Chinese spy balloon one. And we need to maybe roll it back and reconsider our policies or whatever on it. Um, because all of a sudden everybody wanted to get excited about it. So now we're shooting down everything and maybe we took it too far. So, I mean, maybe there's a balance somewhere in the middle between those two. Um but I think these other ones, most of them were shot down because they were potentially in commercial airspace. But how many times have you heard of airplanes going down because of a balloon? I mean, it's pretty rare that that happens, right? Yeah. Even though there's stuff up there all the time, probably. Uh, yeah, how part of those kids' mylar balloons? <laughs> exactly. I don't know. <laughs> They're shooting down kids' mylar. They're probably heading up into that space, right? And, of course, we had the uh, Michigan State shooting again, another shooting. So, again, I don't know how much Jesus. we want to talk about that. Uh, I don't really know how much I want to talk about that, but uh, you know, here we are with another another school shooting. Um, we had that train derailment. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Okay, because we also had Buttigieg said something about there are a thousand train derailments a year. That's what I want to talk about. That's First a lot. First of all, Buttigieg, uh, what, what's going on here, dude? Um, I don't think that something you'd want to. I'm very confused. Yeah, I'm, very, I'm confused, very confused too. Because first of all, you know what's going on here in Ohio? Why were why were those chemicals? How are those chemicals normally transported? Is this the way they're normally transported? And and then I'm also reading because um, I think I'm on the wrong side of Twitter, or I'm just our Twitter's just weird. That um, trains braking systems have been changed since they were the. And, Standards have been transformed. Did you read that too? I did not read that. So no, I, I'm not. Fa I, I don't have any. I, I guess I can try to fact check that right now while we're on the call. But I did not really fact the check that system so they could save money. I don't know about that. So yeah, I, I did. I didn't really fact check that or anything. So I don't know. But but I, I do know that they've been. You know that we have this infrastructure problem, right? I mean, this, these trains are these railroads are in bad shape all over the place, and um, you know. But it it seems like that. Uh, it seems like they could be spending more energy trying to, you know, at least figure out what's going on in Ohio rather than just leaving them out there to dry. Well, we left uh, Flint out there to dry. All right. And um, they, as far as I know, they still don't have water, do they? <laughs> yeah, I think it's still a problem. That's a crime. It is. And they're not the only town. There's other places, too. Yes. Yeah, so it looks like on the left, they're definitely saying this about the train thing, but I do not know. Um, there is a, a fact check thing that says this really happened, that under the Trump administration, that this rule change in 2018. Um, now, how much that plays into any of this? Well, yeah, that what, okay, A, what rule change be, does that, because of, of that rule change, that train derailed? If there's a thousand uh, derailments, I, I, there's got to be that. Okay, so I guess they repealed some train safety rule in 2018. 
but again, how, if that had any impact into this, you know, I, I don't know if that's been proven or even even claimed. I mean, I think Buttigieg said something about it, but I don't know if he was making a direct claim. They were supposed to have, they so they removed some kind of braking system thing. Now, again, whether that had any impact or had any role in this Ohio um, train derailment, you know, I have not had time to, I, I haven't really fact checked. This was not a place I went and spent a bunch of energy. So, so Washington Post, is that, uh, well, Washington Post reports that there's a thousand derailments each year, but they also report that, um, that, that has been on the decline over the years. And I'm like, what? This is even more surprising than uh, before, but so let's let's go back though. Is it you know has has any government any high ranking government official been out to this derailment? Um, not yet. Uh, well, it depends on what you call high ranking. Uh, no, I think no one. I think no one. I think everybody that's talked about it has talked about it from afar. They've actually gone there. The uh, I mean, and of course, the railroad people didn't show up to any town halls or anything about what? it. Yeah, what a big shock. But yeah, no, no, I don't think anybody's going there. I've gone there yet. Somebody is going like an assistant of an assistant so they're not super high level but there's somebody is going supposedly this week or next week i believe somebody that can do something uh well that who knows who can do anything anymore but yeah i don't i don't know how high up there to do anything this is this is just ah, shaking my head shaking my head that's terrible yeah so those were the terrible things that happened all week. Should we get into something? Let's well, see. I think let's let's see, the mood. All right. Well, let's see what else happened. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, the train. I just want to see if there's anything else that I was going to mention that happened. I mean, um, well, Raquel Welch died. They had several people die this week, right? Raquel Welch. I think a couple others, right? Um, well, Richard Gelder died today. Yeah, there was a couple other deaths this week too. Um, you know, and it looks like Russia's spooling up oh, in Ukraine. They're that's right, bringing the mood up. Well, I didn't say we were ready to bring the mood up yet. <laughs> so there's more stuff that was up, came up this week. I guess the inflate they're claiming inflation is is eased a little bit. What? Yeah. I don't believe it. Yeah. Um. This child labor violation thing, right? I mean, this is weird. This is about children as young as 13 year old years old working in sanitation jobs at 13 meat packing plants across the country. What? What are you talking about? What? Wait, what? Yeah. These are plants it's... in the Midwest and the South are operated by some of the biggest meat and poultry producers in the U S including JBS foods, Tyson Cargill. And they were not charged or fined as part of the federal investigation, which began in August. At least three children in recent months suffered injuries, including a chemical burn to the face while cleaning the plants investigators said. So I don't know exactly where that's headed. That's, that's a uh, wacky. I yeah. don't like that. No. But why were they allowed to work there? Is there some sort of, uh, well, and why uh, wasn't anybody charged yet? So, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on there that maybe this is a developing story. Um, you know, and the guy in Buffalo was sentenced, right? Yeah. To life. Um, yeah, wasn't it like multiple life sentences? I want to say. Gunman cared about racially motivated mass shooting at a grocery store in Buffalo, was sentenced to life in state prison without parole. 
So that's in Buffalo, New York. I don't know exactly how parole and all that works in Buffalo, in, in New York. So that, I don't know if, if without parole really means without parole in that state or not. It might be one of those states where without parole really means without parole. I know in some states say without parole and the guy's out in seven years on good, on good behavior. So. Um, behavior. 10 people were killed and three others injured in the attack at a Topps supermarket, predominantly black east side neighborhood. The attack was premeditated and a manifesto from the government described the attack in detail, explicitly stating the store was chosen due to the racial um, demographics. Yeah. So I guess this trial, there's going to be another federal trial that's going to happen, which includes 27 charges. So this is his state sentence, his state trial. And I guess he's still going to have to face uh, federal, federal charges. Interesting. And that person in Scotland, again, I'm, we mostly talk about U.S. stuff, but that Scottish Parliament's leader stepped down yeah, unexpectedly. I don't know. She uh, stepped down. I'm she's, not super. But she's staying on for two more years. I thought she was just staying on until they found somebody. Or or till the next election. Or till the next election. So maybe that's the same thing. They won't <laughs> find that's anyone. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't like, know. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, those might be the same things. Uh. Yeah. So, all right, so you have good news? What's your good news? I don't have good news. I thought you had good news. I said we're really bringing it down, you know. Jimmy Carter's in hospice. Huh? Oh, yeah, Jimmy Carter. Um, he's in his 90s, That's at least, right? Isn't he like 99 or something? He's up there. Yeah. Yeah, like we were saying, it is pretty amazing that here's a guy that had... Uh, worst president. Well, I wouldn't say the worst, but his... his, his Approval ratings were quite low when he left, but he's sort of been beloved ever since. And he probably was one of the smartest presidents in my lifetime. I mean, he is literally a nuclear physicist. He's a, you know, he's a nuclear scientist. And he's a smart guy, for sure. He's a peanut farmer. He's also a peanut farmer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they'll have you believe. He's just a peanut farmer. But far, uh, farmer, farming these days is a pretty technical job. You have to have a... Well, it's so low margin and everything, and there's so much high risk. Yeah, you have to really be good at what you're doing or you're going to you're gonna lose. But there's technology involved. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And then all the... Um, uh, the Turkey uh, earthquake. Oh yeah, devastating. Yeah, pretty devastating, and um, a lot of lawsuits are being filed. Which uh, I thought we were the only super legit. Well, some of that I think is that the government is trying to deflect from them their problem and saying it was these other companies' problems. But that's what it feels like to me. That feels like it's pretty political. But that's also how you can get some. Um, standards in or some regulations in you have to file these well i think there's i think these lawsuits are about that these regulations existed i don't know they violated them or something but you know that that was under the table and the government probably helped with that so they're just trying to find people to blame um so i don't know about other people's areas what do you mean other people's areas but we we live in a pretty well area that's pretty well Tesla concentration. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of Teslas around here. And um, so there's another another uh, Tesla drove in, you know, drove into a wall. 
we've had in the last, I'd say two years, we've had four or five Teslas just in our area drive into the front of stores or walls. So what's up with the Tesla? Well, and is it the Tesla or they just happened to report it because they thought it was interesting to talk about it? I mean, maybe other cars drive into buildings soon. We don't hear about it. Well, <laughs> and maybe it's just that because we live in a Tesla rich area that uh, we always hear that it's, it, it always happens to be a Tesla. Well, and they did do that recall, quote unquote recall, where they have to do a software upgrade. I, or actually, I'm not sure. There's some conflicting Can't data. Can't they just do the software upgrade? Well, I, that's what I thought. But I, I think some of the cars need like a hardware upgrade to do to do some of the features that they wanted to have with the car because they were trying to do it all with software. They have to add sensors or something, I think. I, I don't know. I'm a little confused about it. But a, but a bunch of cars got recalled. The, uh, the California, is it California or, or federal? I'm not sure which. Um, has you know sort of is trying to sort of roll back there the, the tesla's you know sort of fully automated i forget what they call it but the full self-pilot oh, thing so, yeah. the full sort of autopilot thing they're trying to roll that back and get them to turn that down plus you know tesla lets you set a mode where it'll go like five or ten miles over the speed limit and they want you to be, not be able to have that feature so i mean if all these cars were going the speed limit on the freeway i mean you're going to get run over. You're going to get run over. I mean, no one goes a speed limit on the freeway. So, you know, I don't know how that's going to work. In Arkansas, once I rented a car, it had a um, it had a governor on it. And it, they didn't tell me it had a governor on it. But that car would not go over 55. Yeah. It was, And that was the scariest car to drive ever. Yeah. Because you got no defense. When I take it back, I'm like, this car's so slowly. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, we don't let you go over the speed limit. (laughs) What? (laughs) It was the scariest car to drive ever. But that was, uh, that's interesting. But I'm not very um, enthused of uh, owning a Tesla. Let's put it this way. Yeah, I mean, they they still get good ratings. But, yeah, I'm kind of out. I'm going to wait. <laughs> I, I was thinking about getting a used one at some point, maybe, but I'm, I'm kind of going to probably wait and see what else happens. I do like that Mustang, but the price is whew, so high. Price for all cars are high. I know. The prices for all cars are high. The cars we have, that's just it. We're done. Yeah, I know. Well, it's, if you talk about what's good for the environment, it would be drive your car into the ground, right? I mean, that's better. Take your old drive a car for 10 or 20 years, right? I mean, and don't, you know, this constant um, sort of disposable um, economy that we ha- we operate in. It's consumer. Everything is trash. Economy, throw everything away in five years. You know, you, oh, I'm going to save the planet because I'm going to buy an electric car every two years. <laughs> it's like, you're not saving the planet. You're just creating all this new trash. Well, it's like the whole fast, uh, fast fashion. Have you heard that? Concept? I have heard it. I don't know what it means. It's uh, mass produced quickly, but with lower grade materials and because it goes in and out of fashion. So, oh, right. Stuff. So it's, quickly it's made quickly it's made it's mass produced in huge numbers um and they uh, the article i read said that uh fast fashion is a response to um to the pandemic but i think that's not true because you've had h&m and yeah, I can't see how the pandemic. Forever twenty one and all that stuff. It's always I can't see how the fashion. pandemic plays into that. Like that was going on way before the pandemic. Yeah, but well, home shopping came into the pandemic. Oh, that's true. I mean, it was happening, but it, it exploded. 
you think it's ever going to go back to, I mean, malls are just. Yeah. Well, yeah, we've been talking about this sort of, you know, end of this brick and mortar thing for years, but yeah, the pandemic definitely accelerated it. But we have a brick and mortar Amazon uh, downtown. I always thought that was weird. Is that still there? I thought that it's was. Still there. I thought that had come and gone. Is that still there? And it, it, is that just where you can go return? I think it's ninety percent returns. Yeah. I mean, did, well, that's that, what Whole Foods. That's is all Whole, Whole Foods is for returning your Amazon stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't really give you that that a spot either. It's like just some some poor guy at a table is throwing it in a box, and it's like, and so and then they have these. Um, which I'm always very intrigued because you see these the videos on the Instagrams and YouTubes and stuff where for Christmas or for any anything, it doesn't have to be Christmas, they buy the return boxes or the, you know, it's just a box of stuff that's been returned. Oh, like a oh, grab bag almost? Yeah, it's a grab bag. So it's, <laughs> like, um, it, you, it's a surprise. It's a surprise box. <laughs> that you um, pay X amount for it and... So they've seen the, and it just looks so fun, but I don't want to. Just more junk. It's more junk. Remember, remember our friend used to do that. He would just buy a truck, not knowing what's in it. <laughs> and then like. I know. And I was so mad. He wouldn't give me that electric uh, typewriter. He wanted to charge me full price. I said, oh, I would love a electric typewriter. Oh my gosh. I'm really telling you how old I am. <laughs> and he wanted to charge me full price. And I'm like, why would I buy it from you? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he just had he warehouses just, of stuff like that. Well, and he always thought, oh, I got this great deal. I'm like, yeah, but you also got this warehouse full of junk. So you he got, got a great he deal. would buy that truck and for two things, he'd sell, he'd get all his money back out of two things, but then he had all this deal. junk to get rid of or to deal with. But yeah, that was funny. I just remember every time I think of him, I think about, why wouldn't he just give me that typewriter? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's not how he thought. It's no, not, it's not, it's not his worldview, man. No, no. <laughs> I would have given people typewriters if I had, if I suddenly found myself with 50 typewriters. Yeah. But that's, that's why I live the way I do. And he lives the way he lives. I wonder if there's any market for selectric typewriters anymore. I mean, there's gotta be something people still have to type with an actual physical typewriter. No, I don't think so. You just don't think there's anything? No, but it worked though. We have this one company. (laughs) I talk to them all the time. I would really like your invoices. Uh, electronically, but their invoices come are definitely triplicate, if not quadruplicate or it's uh, like the fourth copy or something that you right. get, but it's also, it's still got the tear parts on the side with all the tractor holes. Uh-huh. So, you know, it's on some dot matrix printer that they have to line up every time. And so then I said, can I'd really like to get your invoices electronically. So they take a picture of it <laughs> and send me electronically. And I was like, Oh no, no, no. <laughs> so I just scan it when I get it. It's a mess, but it's like I can't believe there's still companies who, you know, that the paper dust in there because you know, all that um, those little teeny those tiny little chads flakes. or whatever. Yeah. Well, also not the chads, but also just the little teeny tiny flakes when you tear the part paper apart. Oh my gosh, I just can't. I can't who even makes that paper still? Well, like, there's, I was going to say, paper, right? yeah, and I was going to say like, there are some weird businesses that still use it. Like car dealerships still use that stuff. Like they still have dot matrix printers and they cost a fortune now because nobody buys them. Right. So you can go to Costco and get like a pretty good laser printer for like a hundred bucks. Right. The stupid dot matrix printers they have, they cost like a thousand bucks. Right. Oh, Cause yeah. no, there's no market for them except for these weird 
special purpose purposes. So, so uh, yeah, they, there's like these dot matrix printers that use cost of fortune. They use, like you say, like the five part NCR paper <laughs> that, you know, duplicates everything. You know, it's like, really, you guys can't, can't come up with a system better than that. After all these years, you're still doing that. Yeah, it's a, it's crazy. But it's just one, it's just this one company that does that. Yeah, I'm sure that car dealers aren't the only one that do that. But I notice in the car industry, that's still still happening. Like when you go to the guy, like you always end up at the loan guy's office. Remember when you're buying a car? Somehow, you, even if you're not buying a car with a loan, you end up at the loan guy somehow. And he has to print all that paper on the five part. Just to say that you're not taking a loan. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, so now, David, we're, you and I are going to discuss the 10 pieces of well-worn advice that you may need to hear right now. Yeah. So I saw this on NPR. Yeah. Yeah. And I I skimmed it, but I didn't spend a lot of time with it. Well, no, because we have to argue about every single one of them. Okay. Let's go through them. Okay. Okay. So if you've got an opinion on these, you should jump in and tell us about how you use this in your, either your daily life or how you maybe coach people about it. What's the first one? There's more than one way to do something. Yeah, there sure is. I totally subscribe to that philosophy. So how do they elaborate on that? Just that, you know, she remembers being showed, she always did something one way and then she was remembered her dad showed her a different way. But I think you just have to remember that, I, I look at that more as a being acceptive of things. So this is what we tell, that's what I tell my nephews, we've always told our kids, is that um, the other family that you're involved with, your your in-laws, are not weird, different. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So even when our when our kids were in high school, we tell them the other family's not weird; they're just different, and difference okay. <laughs> I remember one time our son arguing, going, "No, mom, that's weird. <laughs> no, it's not weird. Don't don't think of it. You have to be open that they do things a little differently, and that's okay." Well, I think of this in like when I was managing teams and stuff and, you know, if you have a problem and you're trying to work on some solution to that problem, there's more than, you know, there's probably a dozen decent solutions. They're all probably fine. There's probably three bad solutions and three amazing solutions. Do we really need the amazing solution or, you know, is this worth spending all this extra time to come up? If you pick one of those 10 that are fine, I'm fine with that. Just let's just move forward. Let's just do it and go on. Yeah. And, you know, so you, I think you can find yourself stuck, you know, waiting for the perfect solution when there's probably 10 perfectly fine solutions. How come I find that hard that you're the type that would go, whatever solution you guys come up with is fine with me? Because, you know, I'm actually a perfectionist, but I worked really (laughs) hard to like realize that you don't have to be a perfectionist about everything. (laughs) (laughs) How come we had... So many fights <laughs> about, about, no, you're doing it well, wrong. Well, you, you have had to let me do the dishwasher wrong now that I get involved in that. And well, here's my thing. It's, okay, do I, well, I do, never mind, dishwasher's a bad example. Because <laughs> <But, laughs> you do do it wrong. But, but I still, you, you kind of look the other way and say, fine, it's getting to, done, I'll just deal with it. Done, you walk yeah. away, right. right. Well, and then when I open it to put it away, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> Uh, but it's the same thing at work because we have a full kitchen at work. Right. And I'll open up the dishwasher to put stuff in. And I go, who are these animals <laughs> I work with? Obviously, none of you load dishwashers at home. And even my boss has told me over and over again, do not reload the dishwasher. <laughs> it's not, that's not, I'm not paying you to do that. It's just everyone puts their own stuff in. And I go, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> 
So you okay. should go. You should go back to item one. <laughs> well, this is I think I think there should be a side note here. It says except for dishwasher. Except for dishwasher. Because I think that. Uh, I think that everybody. We are not the only couple that has dishwasher. Oh no, we've already I talked to other people about every it. Every single couple has dishwasher issues. Every single couple. Yeah, maybe not every single couple, but it's common. It's very common. Yeah. It's very common. But yes, I have had to learn to look away <laughs> and just go, well, if, if I if I want him to do it, I just have to walk away and let him do it. Okay, what's item two? That hate will come at the same rate as love. I don't understand that one I don't understand well. it either. And by the way, what the... I don't know. So what are they, how do they elaborate the on that? The best advice I ever received was that hate will come at the same rate as love. There will always be people who are dissatisfied with themselves that they have no project into other people. Do not know what that means. Yeah. So, hey, if you want to help us with that, feel free to jump in or text me. <laughs> or chat with me. <laughs> what are they trying to say? Let me see here. Well, hate and love are the same thing. Well, there's there a fine line between hate and love. That's for sure. The opposite of hate is indifference. Right. And the opposite of love is indifference. But not hate. Those two are the same. They're so dissatisfied with themselves that they have to project that onto other people. Instead of trying to focus on the negativity, I tend to try to put more energy into the other people and the things that are showing. Okay, so I guess if you're going to get 30 down votes and 30 up votes on your votes, <laughs> is what they're saying. I mean, yeah, I mean, sure, of course that's true, I guess. I mean, I don't know, though. I, I don't know if they come in equal measure. I mean, I think it depends on the forum, right? I mean, you have these situations like a next door post where maybe the hate comes in, in smaller doses, but it's still so toxic and so hard to deal with, right? Well, and I think it's misleading. I think that this number two is misleading because when I read the um, whole, um, you know, the whole article is 10 pieces of well-worn life advice you may, you may need to hear right now. It's like, what? That's just, to me, that's just some weird proverb. Well, it's kind of just like, don't sweat the... You know, don't sweat the small stuff. Don't sweat the down. Yeah, don't sweat. Don't sweat. Deal with the negativity, right? I mean, don't put too much emphasis on the negativity. I guess is what they're saying, but yeah, it's a weird way of saying it. I don't. Yeah. But this is a good piece of it. This next one. Okay, what's different. three? Do smaller loads of laundry. Okay, yeah, let's talk about that. What okay. are they saying? Well, it's, bite off. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Kind of no, thing. No, no. Actually, we're they're, talking laundry. They're literally they're, saying they're laundry. They're literally saying laundry because we try to do everything in one load. And it's like so. That's not a metaphor. They literally no. are talking about laundry. Yes. Okay. And you know what Even like when. Um, All right. Let me see that. <laughs> Go ahead while I'm reading it. A smaller load gets cleaner because it has more room to move around. If you cram that washer full, things don't get to move around in the water. But you don't think that that's a metaphor for something? No. <laughs> What? Tell me what's your metaphor. Um, trying to put all your pro deal with all your problems at once, and it, it, you won't deal with them. So pick. It literally talks about doing. I, it does. I see. I see that, but I. I don't know. It feels That's like it's also a metaphor. That's the kind of life advice I wanted when I opened this article. <laughs> to be honest, do smaller loads of laundry. Yeah. And instead of there's always a different way to do something, just let him load the dishwasher. <laughs> That's that piece of advice everyone should have. When you when they when you go to these um, showers and wedding stuff, what advice do you have for the couple? Yeah, just let them load, load. <laughs> just let them load. Look the other way. Look the other way. <laughs>
the, di the dishes are in there. It's running. It's okay. It's okay. But yeah, that is true that you shouldn't uh, try to um, throw everything in at once. Okay. And then next, being vulnerable means taking off our armor. That sounds pretty heavy. Well, it's also like, yeah, it's exactly what that means. And? <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, let me look at that one too. <laughs> you know how me, I'm a visual learner. Well, I have to read it. You take over the list because obviously. This no, no, I have, no, 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 I have there's to. There's another way to do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can do this. Okay, so. Yeah, be just being vulnerable. Every once in a while, you should just be vulnerable, and then that makes you feel good. Give me a context where you were vulnerable. When I don't know, just I don't know. You, can you think of any? Uh, I'm vulnerable every day. Are you at work? Well, to you, yeah. Well, no, at work. Mm, sometimes I open myself up to being vulnerable, but I wear a lot of armor at work. <laughs> yeah. No, I do. I do. But um. Now, this one also is really good. This is a tough what's one the, to learn. What's is the vulnerable one? Or no, going this to the next we're one? going to the next oh, You want to talk about vulnerable more? No, because it does to me, it's just like. It's obvious. It's like. That's it's a, cliche. You know, you know what? That's a fortune cookie. Yes, yeah, cliche. Um, well, I think what they talk, when they elaborate, they talk about, hey, I'm going to be vulnerable and do this thing. I'm going to be vulnerable as long as A. Well, if you're vulnerable, you can't qualify it with as long as A, right? You're, if you're vulnerable, you're vulnerable. There isn't a qualifier. But okay, so this one is a good life advice. It's not all about you. Yes, <laughs> it is. See, this is a problem that we have. <laughs> no, of course it's not all about you. I mean, you know, I, I it's not all about, it's hard though sometimes because it always feels like it's about you, you know, and it, but it's usually not about you, but it often feels like it is. And that can be really hard to sort of put in perspective and and you know kind of realize it's not about you and come at it from their perspective like what are they what's in their head and how are they coming at this well you know and um it's kind of like people who always think that they're the victim that they're stuck in that whole thing that it's about me right this happened because because they don't want me to have this this happened because i was like everybody's making their decisions first thinking about how it's going to affect you right <laughs> right yeah. Even a decision that was made way before you were even involved. Or anything. They didn't even consider you into this equation. Maybe they should have, but they, you know, it wasn't really a main part of their... We have family members that need to uh, live by that. It's not about you. Yeah. Well, all of us do. <laughs> yes. But you have to remind yourself because it can happen. It can, you can feel hurt by something that doesn't have anything to do with you. Okay, so we're up to number seven. It says, we all change every five years or so, more or less. We have to expect ourselves to change, and we have to expect people in our lives to change. That little piece of advice has given me a lot of space for room and growth. So the number seven is expect yourself to change. So, okay, so I like this one. Yeah, go, so elaborate. Elaborate. So I like this one because, um, you know, it says every people change every five years. Or so, but or yeah. So. And that's growth. Right. That's a growth. People who aren't changing, I, you have to worry about. I mean, like, like I look at my political views, um, and they've changed. And I'd like to think they're, they're more thoughtful. They're more uh, in-depth. Um, 
but your life experiences change. So of course you have to change every five years. Well, and I, I would... mean, it's not like remodeling my kitchen every five years. It's just a matter of growth and, and living based on your experience. And I always feel like these changes happen like in stair steps, you know, they're often caused by some sort of things that happen, but you're probably right. There's probably an evolution. There's probably two aspects of it. So there's sort of like, you're always changing a little bit. And then over time, you maybe notice this as a bigger change. But I do think there are these kind of stair step events that happen in your life where sort of like a big change happens, you know, you kind of coast along for a while in this one mode, and then some things happen and you have to Well, I mean, change. if you look at just like the total evolution of life of, you know, from birth to school to, you know, graduations to jobs to marriages to becoming parents to becoming grandparents to becoming, you know, retire, retirement. All those are big, huge changes in your life. Those don't happen every five years. Right. But I think that your whole philosophy and your whole outlook on life does need to change. I mean, you, that doesn't change your basic core values, but it does... The world does change. Well, yeah. Well, and that's the problem is that a lot of people are afraid of changing. What? And struggle with that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like, I mean, you can't live today if not expect some change in your life on a regular basis. Well, and, and like a lot of the futurists kind of, you know, thing, they always talk about, think about like 20 year windows. So go back to in 20 year chunks. And imagine how many things you sort of could have predicted. Like 10 years is too little. Five, five years is too little. 10 years is too much. You know, 20 years is about right to think about. So big things usually change. I mean, there's a lot of changes that happen in 10 or 15 years. But 20 is a good number to say, yeah, the world is really different this 20 years than the last 20 years. So if you go, like if you think of the 20th century, at the turn of the century, there's still horses. And people were on horses and buggies and all that. By the 20s, people had cars and, you know, the the way people worked was different and you had assembly lines and things like that starting to happen by the, by the forties, you had world war two, you know, had a whole different geopolitical environment happening. Um, you know, so you go from the 40 to 1960, you know, you're talking about big, you know, so these 20 year windows are a way to think about how much changed. And if you were still trying to live in your old ways, I mean, you're going to struggle, right? If you aren't prepared to deal with the changes around you too. Well, I mean, and just, if you just look at that and, and, in forms of um, medicine, just in medicine, the way uh, what has changed and and how we treat. Oh yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> right? If yeah. You just, if you go back to that turn of the century, where, or even just go back twenty years, or yeah, forty years, yeah, massively different. Doctors smoked <laughs> in their office <laughs> no, while that, they treated you. That was, uh, I have to say, when I first started working in a hospital. And my first day of work showing up is very, very young person and walking in and seeing the doctor's lounge and it was full of smoke. <laughs> it was just full of smoke. And then the doctor's dining room, full of smoke. And it was like, wow, I thought we weren't supposed to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> right. We were just starting to kind of change that in society where like smoking was kind of bad. I know. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, just the whole, um, also the acceptance right. of uh, what we accept. I mean, before, I mean, I, I truly don't care. If people want to smoke, you're allowed to smoke. That's fine. But it still takes me off guard if I see someone in their car smoking these days. 
it's so sort of unexpected it's sometimes. It's unexpected, and it's also like you never get in that smell of that car. Oh, yeah, there is that. Girl, that, that, that is soaking into that the plastic. That car is trash. <laughs> it's going to seep into that plastic that forever. That is now fast fashion. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So, I mean, like things that have, you know, changed over time. I mean, we both grew up with smokers in our house. Smokers and, everywhere. What are you talking yeah. about? No, but they also. but uh, At home, yeah. But, like. Smoking in, 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 when I see someone smoking inside, I get very uncomfortable. It seems so unusual now. It seems so unusual, but also it's like, what what if I care? Really, what do I care? When we were kids, we'd like bring the adults ashtrays so they could smoke. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I do want to get that, um, David, is I want to have the, the antique, huge crystal ashtray that would knock someone out with the totally breaking your skull if I threw it at you. It's a huge matching lighter that you pour the butane in and like is a big, huge crystal lighter. Oh, yeah. With the wick in it and the whole thing. Uh, wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> those, those were like, you know, great. Uh, if You knew a family had made it if they had that on their uh, coffee table in their living right. room with the plastic furniture. Oh, you mean like the uh, furniture covers, or yeah, just, furniture yeah. covers, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yes, you need to you need to change and involve. So when people show you who they are, believe them. This is number eight. So again, I mean, it's a well known saying. Well, I mean, if people keep behaving a certain way, that's who they really are. Yeah. You know, you're not going to change them. Or you want you, if you imagine there's something else. They're not. <laughs> you have to be somewhat. Um, uh, it's I, that that takes some sort of uh, awareness to be able to look at people like that. All right. So number nine. Um, yeah, I don't know how much more time to spend on when people show you who they are. That one's kind of obvious. It's right. very true. When they show you who they are, believe them. That's what you should do. So number nine, pace out your self-improvement. Okay, so what are they saying? So don't, well, you have five years. You have to, go do, you have to self-improve every five you years. You have to go through that five years. Don't be so overly involved with your self-improvement. Accept the gifts and abilities that you have and don't spend so much time trying to develop new ones that you sacrifice your gifts. Be yourself. What does that mean? Yeah, I guess stop and smell the roses <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> well, or, or, you know, you don't have to learn another language every year. Or right. Take another course online or whatever. All those self-help books. Mm-hmm. Does that mean I could quit exercising? <laughs> that's what that's what I was wondering. But it doesn't seem to be talking about that. Ah. <laughs> ah. Okay, fine. I'll slow down. I won't try to change everything at once. Yeah, don't try to improve yourself too much. You're already, you know. I'm already perfect. You're already so, so perfect. What else could you do? I know how to load a dishwasher. (laughs) Okay, so this is our last one, number 10. It's okay to say I don't know. Now, this is a good one, and we all should do this more. Absolutely. Um, You know, it's something that I, certainly working with scientists and kind of in tech and stuff, that's something I've learned to do a lot more is that it's kind of okay to say you don't know. I think that, but I I think that you and I too, um, growing up when we grew up and then raising our kids, that we definitely told our kids, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Right. I didn't, where I felt like my parents always tried to bullshit me. (laughs) 
it was just fucking crazy. And, um, you know, is that adults, uh, you know, before you could never say you didn't know, you always had to know. But I think you and I have tried to always say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Even though, even when it was something super hard, we would say, don't know. Don't know how to fix that. Don't know what that means. Don't know. I don't know. Right. So I think that you and I consciously have that one. We've kind of stepped up to. Yeah. I think it kind of comes with the, I don't know, scientific method kind of mindset kind of that was in this household. Yeah. Well, bit. and also it was okay not to know. We, we made that okay. Right. But if it's something that we needed to know, we, we'd say, well, we need to figure it Let's out. Let's go figure it out. Yeah. So I think we've done that. Well, what's your life advice? My life advice? Yeah. Just if you had to add one on there. I don't think that, I don't think that list was very great. It wasn't the best list ever. No, no. A lot of little cliche things. Right. Which those lists always are, I guess. Right. Do you say what's your one piece of advice? I don't know. Let me think about it for a sec. What if you, you have one off the top of your head? Top of my head, no. But I have, I have actually many. like, like fifty. Um, how's this one? <laughs> Always apologize. That's a good one, and it's hard. It's hard because, um, and it's also hard. Or apologize first too. Like, don't first say other things, then apologize. Start with the apology. <laughs> because it does. I mean, you may not be sorry for what you said or what happened, but you're sorry it came to this. You're sorry that that whatever happened came to this. Well, you have to be careful though with that thing about the whole, I'm, I'm sorry you took it that way. It's like, well, no, no. <laughs> you can't do that. Sorry, I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah. No, you can't do that. But I mean, you, you can, can earnestly say, I'm sorry. And sometimes that will just, it's all that person needs to hear. It's just, I'm sorry. You know, and also, you know, be kind, just be kind. What was that thing? Be kind to the person in front of you. I think that's a Jimmy Carter thing, right? Yep. I mean, I'm sure he probably didn't invent that, but that's something he said. No, but yeah. So like say you're sorry and just be kind. There's that, um, you know, and some of the schooling I've had about self-improvement and stuff is when you have these interventions and these talks and stuff, you know, you have to think, is it thoughtful? Is it helpful? Is it intelligent? Is it necessary? And is it kind? And anything I say, <laughs> always necessary <laughs> and always intelligent. <laughs> and if you listen to it, it could be helpful. <laughs> May not always be kind. And I'm working on that. Give me another five years. <laughs> <laughs> My next five years self-improvement. <laughs> yeah, to always be kind. But I did, you know, I do think I, I try to be kind. I mean, I guess, I guess one of my main ones is give yourself a break. You know, sometimes, I mean, all the time. I mean, you, you have to be careful about trying. Well, that comes back a little bit. That's more than one way to do things. But I mean, also it's, it applies in other ways too. I mean, just give yourself a break. I mean, nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes. We all, you know, the hurt people hurt people thing. So, I mean, and again, it kind of comes right back to that apologize thing. I mean, if you hurt somebody, it might be because you're hurt. And then it's, you know, then your time, it's his time to do that apologize thing. And it's, it's hard in the moment, you know, and it's, and it's hard to appreciate where you're at, but you know, 
I, I think give yourself a break is one of the biggies because that's how you sometimes find yourself going down that path, you know, that can lead to be a pretty bad spiral. Well, so it's just taking that being kind and being kind to yourself. Being kind to yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Right. If you're going to give that, if you're going to give the other person the benefit of the doubt, sometimes give yourself the benefit of the doubt too. And give yourself the, you know, the latitude to make some mistakes. So next time that you and I have this major fight, <laughs> yeah, just coming. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> so have to remember to. It's so hard in the moment. Yeah, everything's hard in the moment. Everything's in, you know, you say you and I fight. Like I don't fight with anybody else, but that's only because it's safe to fight with and you. Love and hate. <laughs> Same thing. Fine line. Yeah, exactly. It's all passion. I love you enough to hate you sometimes. <laughs> exactly. If I didn't love you, I would hate you. Exactly. Right, exactly. If you didn't love me, you'd be indifferent. That's the opposite. <laughs> that's. A, I mean, I think that's a great t-shirt. I love you enough to hate you. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do that. It's, it's taken. <laughs> yep, you got that t-shirt already. I, I know. I'm totally going to do that t-shirt. So, you know... Um, we haven't really talked about this too much, uh -oh. but, um, you know, this week, I mean, I'm backlogged. I got a lot of interviews coming up. I got some good shows coming up, but, um, you know, this week I'm talking to that Tammy Pfeiffer who's, um, runs or I don't know if runs is the right word, but she's associated with that, um, dignity index thing. Have you heard about this mm -hmm. at all? So there's some, you know, we've talked about some of the other things that are out there like this. I had that guy with the civility that wrote the civility book on before, I've talked to this guy that's doing the better conflict, I think is what he calls it. Better conflict. I've also talked to those guys in Berkeley. They're another one, um, civil dialogue, civil discourse, something like that. Civil discourse, oh, yeah, I yeah. think it is. I talked to them. Still trying to work out um, kind of a collaboration with them. Um, and then there's Braver Angels, which I, I haven't talked to them, but I have you know, know about I them. I don't know about them at all. Yeah, so there's also Braver Angels, another one of these efforts going on. And the Dignity Index is another one of these ones where, you know, the idea is uh, it's part of this Unite. It's, it's uh, underneath this organization called Unite, which is about trying to deal with the political division that we have. And this Dignity Index is a scale of like one to eight, where um, for them, they've, they've decided that dignity is like the core thing that, um, like, you know, the other, like I said, we had the guy with the civility thing. For them, civility is like a sort of a sidestep that gets you dick to dignity. And like to them, it's, you know, maintaining dignity when you're giving the other person dignity, I guess, is what they're saying that, you know, um, in, a, in a dialogue. And so they have this scale from, you know, basically fully dehumanizing, you know, they're evil, they're, they have to be stopped no matter what to, you know, I completely, it's like an eight point scale to, you know, I'm completely giving them full dignity kind of thing. And, you know, and five is kind of a midpoint, like I'm fair, being fair and all that. And I'm appreciate, you know, I'm able to have a conversation or whatever. And then six, seven, eight is, you know, sort of more along that scale towards the dignity. And then four through one are kind of the, uh, uh, you know, that you're, you're starting to dehumanize them and use us versus them rhetoric and stuff like that. And so, you know, and I, I've talked a lot about, I've had a lot of these kind of people on and I've had scientists on talk about these kinds of things. And the challenge is always scaling. So I'm going to try to talk to her about that. What does she think about how much this can scale? But I guess they're, they sort of did this pilot project in Utah and they have like college um, postdocs and, and undergrads that follow this rubric to rate speech. 
like so they did like a bunch of debates and then they they didn't rate the whole speech but they would then rate parts and say well this was you know so like in one speech it may not be always like the whole you know rated a seven or whatever but there were parts maybe rated four there were parts maybe rated six or you know so they kind of break it down and say here's some places where they were being really attacking and it's fours and then here's some places that it's they were being much more open and it's like sixes or sevens or something so they break it down by speech like that and then I, and I don't know, you know, and the ideas you're supposed to use, you know, the ideas we'll use this to, um, you know, maybe kind of think about what, what politicians we want to, or how to maybe try to get the politicians to use language that's more, you know, treating the opposite side with dignity. You know, and I always, and they said, you know, they're saying that a lot of it is, it's almost like it comes back to what I always say on the show about how it's like, uh, you know, the enemy, we've met the enemy and the enemy is us because they're saying a lot of this was initially about kind of putting pressure on politicians to be better. But now they're kind of finding it's kind of working the other way a little bit where it's like people are that enter into this, then start to reflect on themselves and, and realize, oh yeah, I need to do better. Like I'm doing a four or three or whatever all the time. And I need to try to get closer to us, you know, five or six or seven or something like that. So. Well, the people, I mean, I have a lot of, I have a lot of feelings, you know, this, <laughs> but I think the people who are, would go through that whole dignity thing are not the people who need to go through the dignity thing, because if you're aware enough to say, I, I want to make sure that, um, more people, um, have dignity, then you're, you're already down that path. Well, I think you're right. I, I agree with that. There's definitely some self-selection going on. Same thing with a lot of the stuff we talk about. But there is, I think one thing they were kind of saying along those lines is people were kind of coming into it saying, hey, the other side is doing this and I want them to stop. So I'm going to make sure I'm going to rate them and try to get them to stop. Right. And then they got into it and realized, oh, no, my side's doing it too. And they got a little bit of self-realization there. You know, maybe that's you know what? That's another. That's another life hack. You should have some self-realization. Oh yeah, for sure. You know. Yeah, yeah. But but so you know, and I always worry about how these things are going to scale, and you know, because obviously they wouldn't be doing the stuff if we didn't like it. But if we can get some pressure on them to, um, you know, maybe not behave that way, because you know the side effect of that is we end up dehumanizing them and once you dehumanize people we talk about this all the time then sort of anything's fair game if they're so like we have some disgusting politicians right now that are totally dehumanize people so it's hard to humanize yeah and i think i know i've, I've thought about that too and I, I sort of like i think there's some that are so far off the edge that i don't know what to do with them so i think there's enough of the rest of them to wor worry about them first. And like, don't you feel, I, I, I don't, I, I kind of, maybe I don't want to jump in the deep end. Maybe I want to step into the shallow end. Because I feel like <laughs> it's, uh, it's contagious. It's con it, being an asshole is contagious. Well, it, and... it's not only contagious. It's like I said, I mean, it's, it's, it, it works for them, right? I mean, they're people, the people love them, that, that there's a base that wants that. So to say that, you know, they're not going to stop doing it if it works, right? I mean, this is this is what's got to change. It's got to not work anymore. It's kind of like a kindergarten class where you have the so the two or three bullies that come in. The rest of the kids are well behaved, nice, kind, you know, kind, polite kids. You have two or three bullies come in, and there's no um, discipline. They're not. We're not. There's no right. body that can discipline them. That whole class is going to grow up 
going to become assholes, or you're going to have 50% of the class ass, and you're going to have a, a, a lot of these little kids who are just going to be traumatized. Right. And so that's what I see what's going on. But you see, in a classroom, though, you have a teacher, you have parents, you have... Yeah, but... Stop this. But now we've got this political body where it's happening and no, the the quote-unquote ethics people are not doing their jobs or nobody cares. Well, that's kind of what I was going to say. So, so, right. This is, what's, this is what's sort of horrific about this is that you wouldn't put up with this with your children in school no. or with your children at home. No. Right? But we are demonstrating it as adults. We're demonstrating it to right. them. So we tell them they can't do it. We shouldn't do it. These are bad things to do. We wouldn't tolerate it in the kids. But then we go and do it. Right. Or we, we ask our politicians to do it. We, we cheer our politicians when they do it. We think it's wonderful because they're, you know, winning for our side or whatever. So, I mean, that's a screwed up mixed message. So, of course, the kids are going to do it because you tell them this, but you show them that. They're going to do the thing you show them. They're not going to do the thing you tell them. So, you know, do what I say, not what I do. <laughs> right. But I mean, it's so, I mean, and so, but yet, you know, so here we are with, we wouldn't put up with this in our children, but we're fine with it in, in our politics. So, I mean, th this is just crazy to me. And, you know, but anyway, so I, you know, it'd be interesting. I'm, I'm talking to her on Tuesday, I think, or Wednesday. And so it'll be interesting to have that talk and see, see what, where that goes. But, you know, I'm going to, I, I, we're very curious if this is scalable, you know, how, how do you scale this? How do you get this? you know, to start making a difference. I mean, my little podcast is out there trying to change one person at a time. Literally. <laughs> literally. Literally. Yeah. And so, you know, it's only going to, it can only have so much impact, but so I guess you have to start somewhere. I'm in the same boat yeah. they are, but I do worry about how does this scale when you have, you know, uh, and you know, and, and this, um, we're, we're so comfortable now with tolerating this kind of behavior that it's become just so normalized. Well, I mean, we, I don't, I don't want to say we tolerate it because we get we get outraged. We encourage it, though. We like to see our people yell at the other side, and well, we like we like the superior. It gives us this. It enforces our moral superiority when they tell us how bad the other side is. But the other side is bad. <laughs> exactly. That's what we want to hear, and we want to keep believing that. And then we and the eviler they are, the better. It just makes us feel that much better well, you about know, ourselves. This quote unquote way we're trying to change and trying to open become more open to what's going on by watching um listening to both sides of the news it's really really hard <laughs> it's really really hard because i really feel like um I'm, and it's and on both it's hard to find a middle ground news venue but on both sides i feel like i'm watching a, a skit right right on both sides it's like wait what <laughs> that's why no way you're serious right what you can't be serious about that but i just really it's been really hard to watch these op you know the especially when they sort of dive into the culture war stuff yeah on either side yeah and it's really have, uncomfortable then they have someone that's coming in that's that says something very middle of the line you know talking about education that education's always good that we cannot cut back on education we can't and then they and then they turned it around to see we need to you know both sides they turn that around right, they'll spin to that, something however. way you know way different say yes we have to educate them with the religious with the religious rules the correct rules and, and that's not what he said and then the other one said we have to just throw, throw it all out and then I mean it's just it's crazy I just it's been I just have to tell you it's been really hard especially this last two weeks yeah.
Well, it is nice to see, you know, I mean, obviously the biggest, I don't know, the biggest, but one big way that they can kind of spin the the, the picture that they present is by picking what they choose to show us, right? So, I mean, they yeah. do this editorial stuff. So, I mean, this is one reason why you see completely different stories on the different. But when we were watching Walter Cronkite when we were kids and like they, something came out, we, you know, like, you know, the, the Ohio train uh, derailment. Never once do we have to look at him and say, wait, the president didn't say anything about that? I mean, we actually question it. We question everything that's being said on the news right now. I mean, like I did with the beginning here. Right. So Buttigieg didn't do, wait, nobody's done anything? You know, it's, it, we question, I question every single headline. I question every single story. Right. I mean, this is the, right, this is the, the trust in the media problem, right? I mean, it, it, it works both ways a little bit. I mean, they deserve not to be trusted to a degree because of how they've shifted, how they, how the economics work. And so they've decided to go towards this, um, chase, chasing the, um, you know, ch chasing what people want, chasing the clickbait, basically the TV version of clickbait or the online version of clickbait or whatever. Um, and they've decided not to worry about editorial content and quality. They're just worried about getting the viewers and, and clicks. And so, you know, then that causes us to sort of not trust them very much because we know now that they're editorializing in that way. Um, but we asked for it. I mean, obviously we watch it. That's why the ratings are high. So we want it. So it's like we complain about it, but then we also are the our problem or the ones who caused it to happen. So I have a prediction Yeah. with this stuff that came out with Georgia. And this is all with the Dominican lawsuit and stuff. No. Well, no, the Dominican lawsuit's a separate thing. Okay. I have a prediction. Okay. Especially since Fox News has kind of been pulled under the rug saying that they knew that this was all a lie and they um, played it anyway. I think that Sidney Powell is going to be thrown under the bus by everybody. She's going to take the brunt of all this because... Because <laughs> of that Diet Coke or Diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I know, that was... But then she was... Blah, 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 and then take a big slug <laughs> like a truck driver. <laughs> I think she's going to be thrown under the bus right, for all of this. Like nobody likes her and she's sort of insane. I, didn't, I think Giuliani's even going to kind of somehow, skate on Somehow this. get away with it. Yeah. yeah. But I think she is going to be kind of thrown under the bus on this. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to go there really a lot. Is she really a lawyer? Because she yeah. doesn't talk I, well, like didn't a she get, I think she's had her... She, she, I think she got she her license. Barred. Yeah, I think she had her license revoked in some in some state. No, I think she did get her license revoked somewhere in some state. Um, I'm not sure where she where she was practicing, but um, <laughs> that's a truer uh, statement has never been said, even while she was practicing. Yeah, and I wasn't going to go there with the, the the Dominican thing, but it is interesting. I mean, um, you know, those behind the scenes quotes. I mean, I would argue. As much as the other channels are kind of bragging about it, isn't that funny? They had all this behind-the-scenes stuff talking about how they liked the light of it. It's viewers. not funny at all. It's not funny at all. And a, if you, you don't think if we found some MSNBC behind-the-scenes stuff, they'd be it'd be similar. Maybe not to the same scale, no, it would be, no, it but it would be, be the same kind of stuff. They would say they would talk about how they're going to spin a thing or something. They would it would be it would be the same. It would maybe not be exactly the same, but it would be along the same lines. So you think those guys that are talking about how wonderful they are about being truthful news organizations you know no, it's, no. it's like you're kidding me if we had the behind the scenes from them we'd see some of the same kind of stuff For now sure. they weren't dumb enough maybe to go this far with with getting the, uh, themselves into this kind of a lawsuit um 
but uh even so i mean it, it would you you'd see the same similar kind of things that you know they're not out there serving our best interest okay so um <laughs> you found something <laughs> so i'm kind of laughing at this oh no but it's it's kind of sad where because i wanted to see if sydney powell was disbarred but she um she's on trial right now in uh and this is from law360.com i don't know anything about this so i should be careful right um yeah i know that i think they lean they lean kind of left oh do they i think so okay well i should look up both two sides of this i just find this funny where it says that sydney powell wants the legal ethics experts included from her professional misconduct lawsuit included or excluded excluded yeah it's like what what does that mean? I think she's already had her license revoked somewhere. This was four days ago. This uh, uh, this this is in Texas. Where where was she practicing law? Um. Oh yeah, I guess I don't know. This was that was la that was last June. So I don't know. And she's suing Verizon to hide her phone records. Yeah, don't they already have them. Well, they have them, but the question is whether they, they can use them. Yeah, whether they'll release them to anybody or not. Yeah. You know, and those are, I mean, that's pretty hard to stop them from doing that because if they have a subpoena, they're going to give it up, right? Yeah. I mean, if it's a valid subpoena, you may or may not want to fight that. David, I really want to die at Dr. Pepper right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe her law license wasn't. Maybe she's still fighting that. Maybe it hasn't been. So I might have might have misspoke there. Maybe she didn't lose her license yet. I don't know. I don't know. It says Texas authorities are still. And this was from thehill.com. They're still uh, mulling it over. If they should disbar her or not. But I think she's going to. The Hill is is fairly trustworthy. I think she's going to get thrown under the bus. And when is this Hill article you're reading written? Uh, January 26th. So a, little, a few weeks ago. A month ago, yeah. So that's that's a whole <coughs> other me. conversation of just a list of uh, reliable news sources. I mean, is For what's Forbes? Is Forbes reliable at this point? Forbes is fishy. Forbes is not that reliable. They're very much clickbaity. Even like if they don't, even they don't lean left or right, they there is very clickbaity. Huffington Post to me right now is is buzzfeed and then that's bad because buzzfeed actually has come out with some decent articles right well but, huffington post was one of the first that went kind of wild on the, to the left they went pretty far left they're not even left now it's just all you know it's it's just not, not even it's unreadable well i always mention it but connor's forum does have a, a news literacy page on their site where they have kind of a rubric we should talk about, we should go through that and talk about that because I'm wondering where the, um, the inquirer is on that list. Well, you know, they don't rate everything. Um, <laughs> and you know, and I actually have several plugins. I, I could probably, I don't know them off the top of my head, but I, um, I use a few plugins on my browser. I don't have them on my pad, but on my iPad, but on my, on my, when I'm on the, on Chrome on my computer, there's some plugins that like when the site comes up, you can pull up a little pull down and it shows like a little tab at the top that, you know, rates from sort of center, le center left, center right, <coughs> far right, far left, and also has kind of a rough kind of, so there's a bias rating and also kind of a factual how, how accurate they are. I want that plugin. Yeah, it's kind of cool. 
It doesn't have everything, but it, it has a lot. And I'm surprised once in a while I go to a site that I thought was kind of flaky, and they'll go, "Oh, they're 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 pretty good." I'm like, okay. But yeah, Connor's Forum does have a, a news literacy section, um, and they have a actual list. They call it the Connor's Forum Guide to Trustworthy News Outlets, and that one is, is it's it's not a comprehensive list of every single news site, but it's got a lot of the, the main ones. And you can go, and they describe their rubric of how they got there. It's Law 360. They might, it might not be on there. It's kind of slow to come up. Let's see. This is like a newsletter. Law Fair is on there, and it comes up in the trustworthy column. And the Hill comes up? The Hill, I believe, um, does. Like I say, I can ask you about news sources all day long. Yeah, and they're not, they don't, in this short list, they don't have every single thing. Do they have Twitter? <laughs> no, <laughs> not on this list. Oh, what was it, Law 360? I don't think it's on this yeah, list. Probably not. But they're probably in my other thing that I have in that. Uh, whoops, that was the wrong thing. Um, but yeah, so, but they, yeah, and they have an actual rubric, so you can kind of get a rough idea of where things are at. Um, and you're going to be upset, you know, if it's not your favorite news source that comes up and they say that it's not trustworthy. Well, at this point, it's like you say, I don't have a favorite news source because I'm so jaded on it. I think everybody's trying to, I think everyone's trying to get over on me and I know it's not about me, but it's about me. Yeah. So, um, so they're, they, they basically look at a bunch of other, they, they assemble data from other places. So they assemble from NewsGuard, which is about false content, responsible news, and and doing retractions and things like that, and deceptive headlines, avoiding deceptive headlines. They also look at Ad Fontes Media's most reliable zone. So they also um, require you not to fall outside that, and they cannot be rated lower than high quality by the factual, and outlets cannot be rated as hyperpartisan by either Ad Fontes Media or all sides. So that's how they pick what makes um, a trustworthy classification. So you can't be too partisan. You have to be reasonably um, good about not publishing false content. Um, and so that's kind of how they end up there. So basically you can get dropped out of their list from falling out of any of those. So NewsGuard is a Reuters thing. Um, and these other ones are some other organizations that do media ratings. So anyway, Okay, so that's kind of their thing. Anyway, so that's good. I mean, that's a, it's a starting point. They don't have every site, like I say, uh, and they only have two categories: they either have trustworthy or not not trustworthy. So, um, if you're if you're doing the Boston Globe, that's considered not trustworthy. Breitbart, BuzzFeed, not considered trustworthy. CNN, not Is considered BuzzFeed's trustworthy. Not trustworthy. Not on this list. Okay, interesting. Since um, it's, it's a, since all they do is list. Huffington Post is not. There. I don't think no, I don't think <laughs> but gives you some Vice? ideas. What about Vice? Vice is not trustworthy in this really? by this rubric. Really? But either is the Washington Examiner or the Washington Times. Or the Washington Post? The Washington Post, I believe, is. Washington Post is, Wall Street Journal is, Wired is uh, trustworthy. Miami Miami Herald. Wall Street Journal's trustworthy? Yeah. That's Even though, yeah, they, they lean right, but I guess not far enough to fall out of this zone. Interesting. So, I mean, it's only a starting point. But like I say, some of those plugins are helpful, too. That'll give you, like, a real-time quick check. And, you know, you can take it for 
what it's worth. I mean, it's just a helpful another data point. It's not necessarily, you know, it just gives you a little bit of a data point. Yeah, I wouldn't fully rely on it as my only thing I go by, but those little plugins can help a little bit because at least you can kind of see how they've been rated out there by other sources, particularly if they don't maybe come up on one of these lists. Well, I'll have you put that on my um, my electronic devices, please. Yeah, I can do that. Thank you. Good talk. Good talk, good talk. <laughs> All right, yeah, I guess that's my hint to wrap up. So, hey, I'm glad some folks joined in. If you ever want to shoot me a question, you can do it here on Wisdom, the write a normal question, or you can also just send me in a chat in the chat forum. Can anybody just join us? They could, yeah. Nobody has asked to join, so we didn't get any anybody coming on, but oh, they well, certainly if can. If you want to join us in the future, too. Exactly. If you want to join in sometime in the future, feel free to... Tell us about your dishwasher woes. Yeah, tell us about how you guys sort out the dishwasher challenge <laughs> in your house. <laughs> Just be kind. Just be kind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, folks. Um, I love you, David. Love you, Lisa. <laughs> Good night, guys. Good night.